Welcome to the Reset Podcast with Kirk Elliott, PhD, where every week we integrate politics, economics, and legislation that will impact your investment portfolios and lives. In doing this, we can reset our expectations so we can invest with wisdom, discernment, and confidence. Sit back, listen, and learn as we go on the journey of navigating through the economic jungle together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our weekly update on the economy with our resident expert, a man who's been uh, dealing with numbers and money all his life, um, Dr. Kirk Elliott. Kirk, so how are things going? Is it as bad as expected? Well, it, it's it's quite bad. I mean, so you look at the different sectors where you've got different things happening in different sectors. So first of all, Jerome Powell made a speech yesterday um, and said exactly what you and I said that he was going to say. Why do we know that? Because we read the the Federal Reserve Board of Governors minutes from the last meeting, right? And so we knew what they were going to say. And what did he say? It was, hey, uh, interest rates, we got to keep them going indefinitely because we have to stop inflation. He didn't say but that we're creating, right, by printing money out of thin air. But he did right. say that they need to stop it. But what they've done, Laura, over the last six months is is a quarter, a half, three quarters, three quarters, three quarters, three quarters, right? That's killed the economy. And so they realized we can't do three quarters again because, look, at real estate's lost $1.5 trillion since May. The stock market's down 29% since the, the beginning of the year. We've got we've got all kinds of of debt issues and people can't pay their bills. I mean, these interest rates are going crazy. And yet what has it done? Nothing to slow down inflation like like zero. I mean, it's still That's the right. worst in yeah. over 40 years. So what he had to say was we're going to stop inflation, but we can't keep up with this extraordinary rate of growth. So we're going to slow down the growth, but we're not going to stop it. So that's what he said. So what did that do to the market? So so in the last two days, gold or silver was up a dollar and then like 77 cents today. But over the last eight weeks, silver is up 28.3% in, in eight weeks. Why? And it's because of this battle of raising rates and the inflationary pressures. That's what's causing it to go up. So, so as I'm looking at this, I, I started to ask uh, a question um, to myself <laughs> over the last couple of days. When we saw FTX go down in flames, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that created a domino effect because BlockFi filed for bankruptcy, another big cyber crypto company, right? And then now there's like this contagion happening in the crypto world where they're, they're, the talks are, oh, this is going to be kind of a, a crypto dark winter, right? As as mm-hmm. these companies just kind of reel from FTX and BlockFi basically having to file for bankruptcy. So so I started asking myself this question. It's like, well, they're companies and they can go to zero. We saw we saw them go to zero in like 72 hours, right? So, yeah. so when was the last time, and I'm going to ask this rhetorical question, and then it's an yeah. easy question, right? When was the last time a car went to zero on, on the lot. Well, never. never. Right. When was yeah. the last time oil or gas went to zero? Yeah. Never. When was the last time real estate went to zero? Never. When was the last time gold or silver went to zero? 
Never. Why? Because they're things, right? So, so as we, as, as investors try to answer this question is like, how do we minimize our risk and maximize our return? How do we get out of this path of, of things going to zero that actually have no value, right? What, what is a cryptocurrency anyways, right? It's like, what is it based on? We don't even know. It's, it's a You token. don't even know. Kurt, what is a cryptocurrency if the power goes out? Right. If the power goes out, you literally have nothing. If your system is hacked, I mean, you can wake up. One of the reasons I've never bought crypto, crypto apart from the fact that I'm, I'm just not, you know, a person who deals in, in the financial markets, but it, it's always bothered me that you can just get rid of crypto like that. It doesn't exist. I mean, when people say you can mine crypto with data and this and that, I mean, uh, but what are you mining? You're not getting anything real, right? And uh, and what I see here with this uh, FTX thing, tell me if I'm wrong, but um, this is a great excuse for governments, as this administration did do, to say, oh, you know, these things like FTX and crypto, these are bad, right? We should be the only ones holding a digital currency. Am I right? You, you just read my mind because that was the next thing I was going to say. It's like... I think that this is sort of planned, right? Because when you've got this month in December is when Biden's executive order 14067 should come into effect on December 13th, where they make it available for central bank digital currency to become a thing, right, at the federal level. Now, doesn't mean that overnight on De- in, in this month that everyone's going to be trading in, in central bank digital currency, but it's when it starts and it'll be a multi-year rollout. Well, so so how many people trust the government? I, I mean, seriously, it's like hardly any right now, right? It's like it's it's mayhem. So why would they trust a central bank digital currency when they don't trust the government? And it's digital and, and it's they don't understand it. Well, so chances are they probably wouldn't. But how many people trust, oh, things like everything that they hear about on the news every every single day, like Bitcoin or Ethereum or Dogecoin or whatever, right? The decentralized cryptocurrency, people at least have somewhat of a support level for it because they hear the, the words all the time, right? Well, so how do you how do you make trust for your own thing that you're trying to create when I'm talking about central bank digital currency? Get rid of the big kid in the sandbox. Say, oh no, decentralized cryptocurrency is bad. Like what you just said, it, look, it's decentralized. You've got all yeah. these people that are embezzling money and, and they're not using it appropriately. $8 billion went vanished out of thin air. But you can trust ours because it's centralized at the Federal Reserve level, right? So, so and it's got the government in. backing it. So this will never happen yeah. with our digital currency. Yeah. I mean, I can see and smell the messaging coming on this. I mean, so did you. And it's funny that we're thinking on the same wavelength without talking about it because it's it's obvious to me that when they're rolling something out that you see something in the same vein go belly up. So, but what's going belly up? It's the, it's the, not the, it's the private sector. It's regular companies. And so it paves the way for people to trust, trust, right? The government and the federal reserve and their version of a cryptocurrency, which nobody should actually really trust because it has nothing to do with order or, or anything to do with 
bringing a semblance of order back into a system. All it is is people control. It's all about clarity of these transactions so they can see what you're buying and selling. And if they don't like it, they shut you off. Right. So, so this is how I tell me, um, tell me about that. Just explain that a little bit. When you say clarity of these transactions, it's because in a digital world with a digital currency, with digital transactions, every single thing is recorded for time immemorial. Yeah. So, so, in normal cryptocurrency world based on blockchain that's decentralized, mm-hmm. right? It's it's there there isn't clarity. There actually is privacy in that, right? So so but when you centralize everything, it's the opposite of privacy. So instead of having not knowing where the source of the transactions come from, you have complete knowing knowledge of where the source of the transactions come from. But not only that. But the source of funds from transaction to transaction to transaction. So once you get money into this system, so to speak, then everything from that point on is recorded. So they're going to know what you spend your money on. They're going to know your spending habits. They're going to know who you donate to. They're going to know what political party you belong to. They're going to know everything about you. And if you get out of step, with their narrative and what they want you to be in your digital social profile or, well, then they'll just shut you off from the ability to buy or sell. Right. I mean, this is. So, so big- how is that different to, you know, a lot of people will hear that and say, well, they already know everything that I buy. They already know everything, you know, how I spend my money. Mm-hmm. They do. And if you, and so if you spend money with a credit card, right. you know, they, they tech put your credit line to zero if they wanted to. But if you're spending money with cash, well, they, that's still private, right? You can't do that. So what this is all about is cash, do cash. This is yeah. getting rid of cash, right? It's funny that you mentioned that because I just saw a, a show um, on Amazon and, a, and a, in one of the scenes, a girl is getting money. It's set in the future and she's getting money from an ATM and a police officer makes a joke with her. Hey, you know, uh, you're getting cash. You must be up to something. Right. Nothing. Nothing good comes uh, from people who are getting cash kind of thing. And it's it's really, uh, of course, foreshadowing. Right. Because as we've seen over and over and over again with movies that Hollywood often knows where we're going uh, before most people realize it. And that's because somebody's feeding it to them. So in the, you know, in a future world, one of the things that that uh, strikes me that people don't really realize is that right now, you may have the choice. You may think, oh, well, so what? Governments want to do a digital currency. I don't care. I'm not doing a digital currency. That's not for me. But that's assuming that you have the choice. That's assuming that the digital currency is in addition to uh, your cash and your, you know, your, your money. The Federal Reserve, as flawed as it is right now, well, you still have that option. But um, it's just like right now, we can choose between having a, you know, a, a combustible engine, a normal car, and an electric car. But what happens when, oh, yeah, they don't sell combustible engines anymore. Oh, you think, oh, okay, well, I've still got my car. Well, what happens when you can't get gas? What happens when there are no gas stations anymore, you know, and there is no gas for sale? Um, then you don't have that choice. Just like I don't want a smart dishwasher spying on me or a smart fridge. But what happens when I can't, when that's the only thing that I can buy? So you can be forced into a digital world, a digital identity, a digital currency. You can, we're being forced into it every single day. 
This is just one more step. One more step in the wrong direction on the road to serfdom is, is what it's all about. Right. And, and I, I gotta say, and I, and I hate to say it, but at this point they're, they're winning um, because this is momentum gathering, right? 90% of the central banks around the world are now moving towards a central bank digital currency. But just because that's happening doesn't mean that that's going to be the end game, right? Because once people realize what they got, I'm, I'm predicting a revolution, right? They're going to say, what? This isn't what we thought it was going to be. This, this isn't about transparency and, and getting rid of, of money laundering and, and sex trafficking and drug trafficking and arms trafficking because you know the source of funds. This is all about people control. And if they don't like it, that you don't have a health passport or this kind of that, and they can shut you off. And I mean, people are going to revolt. I, I can see it coming now because outside of your family, your finances are the most sacred thing that most people have, right? Well, this gets rid of that financial freedom completely. So how do you protect yourself from that? Well, in the meantime, things that are get out of the system kind of currency like gold and silver, they're still private. You take delivery of them. You're not a digit. Can't be wiped out with an EMP blast or the power grid goes out or anything like that, right? You have it. And the cool thing is it's actually the best performing asset in the world right now. So when it comes to growth, silver's up 28.3% in the last eight weeks. Gold is cruising too, just not at that rate, but I mean, it's still doing really, really well. While stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate tanking, well, we can have a smile on our face, Laura, and we can be in the right place at the right time while minimizing our risk at the same time. This is how we can have a smile on our face while we, while we navigate through this crisis. And Kirk, is it, do you foresee, is it possible that they can take uh, control of gold and silver as well? I mean, just like they did before, right? In 1913, passed the law and said, everybody hand over your gold. That's, I mean, obviously people would, would uh, have yeah. issues with that and, and anything is possible, but is that, I mean, does that have to happen at some point if you're going to a fully digital currency? No, it's, uh, it doesn't have to happen. I mean, the government can do whatever the government wants to do in the end, right? But, but here's the thing. If we why, allow it. If we allow it, right? But why would they? Why would they focus on gold and silver? See, only 2% of the population owns gold, only 0.9% owns silver. If the government's going to do some kind of a conf confiscatory grab, well, they've already tipped their hat as to how they do it in Venezuela, Argentina, Cyprus, Greece. They just do it with a stroke of a pen, a bail-in tax. Or, or excessive capital gains, right? But they're going to focus on the 98%, the low-lying fruit, people's brokerage accounts, checking accounts, savings accounts that's already out there in the internet. It's a digital thing, right? All your bank accounts are. But it's something that 98% of the people have, not something that only 2% or 0.9% have. So I don't think they're going to confiscate gold or silver, or they've never confiscated silver. But back when they confiscated gold, Different time, different place. Everybody Gold act the currency at that point. It was a fungible currency. And, and when you look at the history, Roosevelt wanted to say, hey, everybody, we need you to buy these war bonds because after, after the war, America was bankrupt. And people said, America's bankrupt. Why would we invest in stinking war bonds, right? So he forced the issue and he said, fine, I'm going to make you invest in war bonds. We're confiscating your gold because remember, it was backing the currency at the time. It doesn't back the currency now. It's just an investment like anything else. So 
I don't think we're going to see that kind of of early 1900s. This could be the first time you're wrong. (laughs) This This could be where they don't want you to have any currency outside of a digital currency. They don't want any footprint. They don't want you to have the ability to do anything. True. They might try, but if you have delivery of it, are, are people going to turn it in? People didn't really turn it in in, in the early 1900s either. They used they it for bar- So they could try, but if people have delivery of it, if you owned gold, are you going to turn it in because they want it? Probably not. I mean, seriously, I mean, people are going to. They want it I don't think so. It's, you know, I live in this, the come and take it state, right? So yeah. I got a feeling do. that's what a lot of people might say. Come and take it. They probably will say, come and take it. Um, but, but you can have that option to say, come and take it if you have it at home, right? This is this is the cool thing about gold and silver. They can try, but it's it's yeah. it's, it's a tangible thing that you could bury in the ground. You can do anything you need to with it, right? It's a get out of the system kind of a currency. Do you have any, do you have anything left in the stock market at this point? Zero. Zero. Damn, Kurt. What about real estate? Do you have real estate? I do have real estate, but it's to me, it's it's not based on, I think it's going to grow or shrink. I don't care. It's more of like family legacy property that's going to be passed on to my kids when I'm, when I'm done. It's like, I don't mm-hmm. care what the markets do, but but if I were investing in, in real estate for actually mm-hmm. growth, I, I wouldn't yeah. have it at all. I, I, I seriously wouldn't have it because I think we're entering into a time where like 2009, I just looked at a chart yesterday with the interest rates versus the collapse in housing. What we're seeing today is about four times worse than what we saw in 2009. And we know what 2009 did to the markets. It was a bloodbath and we're substantially worse. So if I were investing into real estate for growth, might as well forget it. I mean, it's not going to do well for quite some time. Well, you know, April's in real estate, Kurt, and she's busy having a heart attack over here. Oh, <laughs> she's she sliding further and further down the chair. Like, cheeks April, pink. don't kill the There's messengers. Smoke coming out of her ears. Do not kill the messengers. It's not our fault. <laughs> do not kill the messengers. To all the realtors out there, I'm sorry. And the brokers, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a, this is a tough moment. We know it's a tough moment. And uh, Dr. Kirk, I know you got to go. You have a hard out. Probably made you late. I'm sorry. And uh, thank you so much. It's good to talk to you. Um, Wow. Let's hope next week. Next week, maybe. Maybe we'll have some good news. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. Every week, our goal is to increase your knowledge and help melt away any financial anxiety and stress that causes inaction. In any economy and with any presidential administration, there are things we can do to thrive and not just survive. Thanks for going on this journey with us. We look forward to our next time together on the next installment of Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. If you have any questions, call us at 720-605-3900 or simply email us at info at kirkelliotphd.com.